there are two words that we find in the scripture uh, or that we find that seem to be almost exactly the opposite, and that's the word pride and humility. When you think of pride, you think of what? Bad or good? You think bad. When you think of humility, you think bad or good? Good. And so when you think of pride, we say that's bad because it caused the fall of Satan, it caused the fall of man. Pride is really a bad thing, and God brings down the man of pride. If you go through the Proverbs, it actually says the man who uh, exalts himself, God will humble, those kind of things. And then when you think about humility, you think of good because you, th- you p- see the picture of Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2 talks about Christ humbling himself to be obedient to death, even the death of the cross, becoming a human, uh, human being. It says, let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. And so the whole thing uh, of humility. And what we find is that God exalts the man of humility. So he, he take, brings down the person of pride, he exalts the person of humility. I can remember that there was a group several years ago, they called it the name and claim it group, and they said that if they just said to God, you know, you must do this, he was obligated because they named and claimed it. I remember hearing a person I watched on TV, and this person said, I claimed that store. I drove by it. I said, that store is mine, and God was obligated somehow to give me that, that store, to buy that for me, to get it. You know, and what we want you to understand is... God's not obligated to us. We're obligated to him. He's God. We're not. Now, when God has a promise and he makes a promise, you can be assured that he will always keep his promises. So we'll, we'll see that as we go through it. Because we wanna, I'm, I've got a little passage or a little part in here. We want to talk about humility and pride, and especially when we approach God. So we saw last time the four methods in prayer to the Father in the name of the Son uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit according to the will of God, according to the Word of God, either way. This morning, there are four things. We're going to see three of them this morning. We'll start, we'll look at the, the next, the other one next time. But this is the, the manner. We come boldly to the throne of grace. We come continuously. We come specifically and we come believing. Those are the four things. And we're going to see those uh, really this week and next week. So let's look at this first one, and we come boldly. Hebrews chapter 4, I told you to turn to Hebrews 4. Look at verse 16, which is the last verse in the chapter. He says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of God. Some translations say, let us come boldly to the throne of God, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We can come boldly to God. We can come with confidence. You can come to God. You can approach your Heavenly Father anytime, anywhere, about anything. This is, And we're going to talk about this because even your approaching God is, is humility, and we'll talk about it in just a second. God, in His grace, His mercy, and His love allows us to come to Him. Think about that. You get to come to God. God says, in my grace to you, in my love for you, in the mercy I pour out to you, I allow you to come boldly to see me. Now, that's pretty amazing when you think about it, because he's the creator of everything. He's all-powerful. That if Jesus, if Jesus appeared, you know, we already know that if an angel appeared here, what would happen to us? If an angel appeared here, what would happen to us? We'd all, we'd all fall down, you know, because they're powerful beings. If Jesus appeared here, what would happen to us? Every knee will what? Bow. Listen, he's powerful. He's more powerful than the angel because he created the angels. And so we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Why do we get to come boldly? Think about this. Because we're his children. 
We're children, children of God. We come in Jesus' name. We come basically in his name, approaching the heavenly Father in Jesus' name. And he has told us to come. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious in nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace because we, we belong to him. We're his children. We come in his name. He's told us to come. Now, I want I wanted to stop for a second. And you don't have to turn to Luke 18. Uh, But I want to talk about the idea of boldly and humility because there's some people uh, that they don't understand what to come boldly before the throne of grace means. That means we have the the right, the privilege to get to come before God, but we don't come with a prideful attitude like, hey, I'm coming to talk to you, and, you know, you're supposed to do stuff for me. We just can't approach him that way. And we want to approach him in humility. And the reason I want to do that is because we can come boldly because we have the attitude of humility. Think about this. We are fallen, saved by grace people approaching the perfect, righteous God. Think about that. You're coming before the perfect, righteous God. Now, without turning there, Luke 18 tells the story of two men. Two men who went to the temple to pray. So they, they're going to approach God. So Luke 18.10, two men went up into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. Okay, now if, if you lived in the first century at the time of Jesus and we said Pharisee, would it have a negative connotation or a good connotation? What? No, it wasn't negative. That they were considered to be the righteous people. That's why when Jesus said, he said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll not enter the kingdom of God. Everybody would say, well, wait a minute. They're, they're the righteous ones. They got the best seats. They, they have the best robes. They got the long tassels. They're the ones that want to be called father and teacher. They're the sharp ones. Okay? But what about tax collector, good or bad? What about it, tax collector? Okay, all right? Think of yeah, I know. Okay, so, so, so I want you to think about this. The Pharisee and the tax collector. Everybody said the Pharisee was good, but the tax collector was bad. The Pharisee was religious, but the tax collector was just, he was just a tax collector. He actually worked for the Romans. The, the Pharisees were respected, and the tax collector was hated. And the Pharisee, he's going to come to this thing with pride, and the tax collector is going to come in humility. So look what happens. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people. I'm just so glad I'm better than these other people. That's what he says. Um, I thank you that I'm not like other people, like swindlers and unjust and adulterers, or even like this tax collector, because he's standing there, and he looks over there, and there's the tax collector. He says, I'm so glad I'm not even like this tax collector. And you know what I do? I fast twice a week, and I pay my tithes of all that I get. Is he a religious man who's doing the right things? How's he approaching God? He's approaching God with pride. Okay, and, and, and uh, how he is coming, he's coming to God. But, but look at this. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, he didn't even come up close. See, tax collector came, I mean, the Pharisee came as close as he could get. The t- tax collector said, I think I'll just stand like way back way back over here. And the tax collector standing some distance away was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast saying, oh God, 
Be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. He's coming how? Humility. One is approaching God with pride. One is approaching God with humility, needing the mercy of God. Now look, Jesus is telling this story, by the way. And when he gets through, he says this, I tell you, this man went to his house justified. This man went to his house justified is the tax collector rather than the other for everyone who does what? Exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Let me ask you something. How how do we get to God and how do we have eternal life? We say... I've done the best I can do, and Lord, you just sort of look at this. I've done a lot better than most, and if you look at the world, I'm better than most of the world, and so I think I deserve a shot. Is that how we come to God? No, we say, Lord, I've fallen short of your glory. I don't deserve anything. I deserve to be separated from you forever. I come to you looking only to Jesus, who's already died for me and paid for my sins, and I'm trusting his promise of eternal life as a gift. So I come to you not in my own merits, but in the merits of Jesus Christ, my Savior. That's how we approach God. And that's how we approach God for salvation. That's how we approach God in prayer. The parable, this parable was dealing with salvation, but to come to God in humility, that's the point. And we see that it is God's grace and mercy and love that allows us to come to him. Now, you can come boldly, and when the Bible says come boldly, it doesn't mean come pridefully. It means come because, he, because we recognize that he said, I want you to come. You belong to me. Come anytime, anyplace, anywhere about anything. Come in humility, recognizing I'm God, and you're not. You're my children. You come and you ask me for anything. So come boldly to the throne of grace. What's going on in your life? Go tell him. There's good things and there's bad things. There's ups and there's downs. You can come to him anytime, anyplace, anywhere about anything. You can come boldly to the throne of grace because God, the Father, is there and Jesus Christ has already gone before you. He has seated the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. We talked last week or the week before last that the Holy Spirit actually prays for you when we don't even know what to pray for. Holy Spirit prays. He prays to the Son. The Son then turns around gives it to the Father. That's an amazing truth that most people never have seen from Scripture, but that's what we saw last, last time. It is His grace, mercy, and love that allows us to come. So what's on your mind? Now, don't tell me. Tell Him. You can come right to Him anytime, anyplace, anywhere, about anything. Because we all deal with it, don't we? Everything. Everything. Bring it to Him. There's a second thing. And that is continuously. The idea is consistently and continuously. And First uh, Thessalonians, uh, Second Thess, excuse me, Second Thessalonians. Is it? First, wait a minute. I may have written the wrong one. Is it first? It's First Thessalonians five seventeen, isn't it? Yeah, it's not Second Thessalonians. So Second Thessalonians only has three chapters. So uh, that's that's wrong up there. It's supposed to be First Thessalonians five seventeen. It says, "Pray without ceasing, rejoice evermore." Pray without ceasing and everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So pray without ceasing. And the idea is that just keep coming. You know, sometimes we say, well, I asked him for that 25 times already. He doesn't go. You know, you're about at your limit. You just about reached the limit. He says, just keep coming. Keep asking. Keep coming. Keep asking. It's an attitude of prayer. The word... Uh, uh, that idea of pray without ceasing means to be coughing. It has the idea of going, <coughs> yeah, <coughs> and you got that all the time. <coughs> and you're always coughing. You don't even think about it, but you're coughing. He's basically, you don't even think about it. You're praying. You're always lifting up. You're talking to him. 
How, how often do you talk to him? Do you talk to him when you're driving? Just don't, it's okay, just don't close your eyes. But I mean, think about it. You can talk to him anytime, anyplace, anywhere about anything and just keep going over and over and over. Ephesians 6.18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times. How? In the spirit. Just keep asking. Keep asking. Now we already know that the answer may be yes, the answer may be no, and the answer may be wait. It could be. So keep asking. In fact, that's what he actually says to do. Luke 18, 1, he says, keep, it's supposed to be Luke, oh, I don't know, that's backwards. It's, no, it's, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Luke 18, 1. And I don't know how we got 6, 18, but it's 18, 1. He says, don't faint. Don't not ask. Just keep coming with all prayer and petition. Keep asking, always not faint. It's easy to faint. It's easy to, to, uh, to, to, to give up and just say, uh, I'm not going to ask anymore. I had a, before I met Jean, uh, I wanted to be married from about the time I was 17, and I didn't get married till I was 36. That's kind of a long time. And so there were times that, you know, I'd say, oh, Lord, please bring me, bring me, bring me a wife. Please bring me somebody. And one time Ken Shepard said, hey, uh, he was my good friend. He said, I know you're praying for a wife. Why don't you relax for a little bit? Let me pray for you instead of you praying. But, you know, and I thought about that, but then I thought about the Luke 18 that says, don't faint, just keep asking. And then one day across a crowded parking lot, there she was. She wouldn't give me the time of day. No, I mean, she did. <laughs> Look at this, Matthew 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and that shall be open to you. Now, in the Greek, it says, keep on asking. It's the way it's written in the Greek. It's the idea of continuously. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. It will be open to you. Keep on asking. Come anytime, anyplace, anywhere about anything. He goes on to explain. He says, for everyone who asks receives, whoever seeks finds to him who knocks, it shall be open. Now, that doesn't mean every time we make a prayer request, it's going to be the answer that we're asking for because he knows what's best for us. We don't. We don't even know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit sometimes has to do all this. But he's saying, don't you worry. You keep coming to me. I'm your heavenly Father, and I'll take care of these kind of things. God will answer our prayers. You know, when you think about it, why? Because he's our heavenly Father. And we're his children. Now, listen to these. Look at these. I just put these up here. What man is there? And Jesus is talking about praying and asking for everything. And he says, by the way, what man is there among you that, that is supposed to be a son when his son asks for a loaf? When, his son comes to, when your son comes to you and says, can I have a loaf of bread? And you're going to give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish? Well, he won't give him a snake, will he? He's saying, listen, you're, a, you're a, a regular old person and your child comes to you and says, Daddy, can I have a cookie or can I have some bread or can I have this? You're not going to say, I'm just going to give you a rock. You don't do that. And if he said, can I have something to eat? You say, I'm going to give you a snake. No, you don't do that. We don't do that. And then look what he says. If you then, being evil, are you evil? We're all evil. We're all evil on the inside. You know, now we don't like to think of ourselves that way. We're a new creation in Christ, but we still have the bent to sin. Jesus said, if you're evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask? So if you ask him for something, do you think he's going to give you something bad? 
Sometimes we're so afraid. I remember being afraid when I first started growing as a Christian. I was sort of afraid to say, oh, Lord, let me do I'll do anything for you. I'll go anywhere. Because see, I wanted to be a coach. So I was afraid that if I told him to let me do, I'll do anything you want me to do, that he wouldn't let me be a coach. Because I was afraid that he'd make me do something I didn't want to do. You know, there are a lot of people who think that way. They think God wants them to do stuff at that that they'll be miserable doing. Like God, you come to your you come to your daddy or mom and say, Daddy and Mom, I just want you to know that I want to be a perfect child. I want to be the best child I can be. I want to obey you and do everything. And you'd say, Okay, I'm gonna lock you in the closet. No. We go to our Heavenly Father and say, I want to do whatever you want me to do. We think he's gonna put us in a closet somewhere. No, he's gonna do things for us beyond what we could imagine. And so if we're regular old people and we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father? So keep coming, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep bringing your request. Because sometimes we, we think he may never answer. And sometimes the answer is no. I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it is wait. We just trust him. And he says, you just keep on asking Just keep on asking. The third one, and I'm just looking at the clock, the third one is we ask specifically. Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication. We thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The word request there is talking about specific request. You know, I just see people all the time, and we say things like, bless Uncle Joe. What in the world does that mean, right? Let's get specific about Uncle Joe. Let's get specific about people. Make our request. In James chapter 5, he says, the effective prayer of a righteous person makes... It's effectual. It's specific. What um, Elijah, what did he pray for? He said it wouldn't rain. His prayer was specifically it would not rain. It did not rain for three and a half years. That's a pretty specific prayer and a pretty specific request. And then he, then he prayed for it to rain. <coughs> And you remember the story? He, he's, he says, pray for rain. It's been a drought for three and a half years. There's nothing there. He's got this guy with him. And he says, I'm praying for rain. And the guy goes, he says, go out and see if there's any clouds. The guy goes out and goes, nope. And so he prays some more. And he says, oh, Lord, specifically give us rain. Go out and check it. Nope. And about three, four times he keeps going out. And finally he goes out and he says, there's a cloud. It's about the big of a man's hand. So just a little cloud. And before that day was over, it's flooded. His water came down everywhere. He prayed specifically. Do you pray specifically? Do you pray specifically? I talk about getting a little notebook and put down somebody and put down, and instead of just saying, bless Susie, put something down that we know that she's going through, that she's told you, and put it down and pray for it and pray specifically. Pray specifically. Because... The more specific the request, the more specific the answer. You want, to see a, you want to see a specific answer? You ask specifically. If you just say, bless JB, you're not going to see it. If you say, bless JB on this and this what happened, and you're going to see yes or no on it. You're going to see it. So let's get specific in our prayer request. I have to tell you a story, and I've got time, I think. I had a friend that was a missionary and he told me that they were on the mission field and they had nothing they had really nothing and they were teaching their kids to pray specifically and so their little boy was nine and he said oh lord here's what i want for christmas i want 
two shirts, one this and one this, and two pair of pants and this. And he prayed specifically. And his mom and daddy went, oh my gosh, he's praying for two shirts, one white, one this, two kind of pants, one with a certain kind of cuff. And he went, oh boy. And they thought, what's going to happen? Well, they, it is amazing. They got a package, a care package. They opened that thing up, and guess what? White shirt, blue shirt, pants, exactly, exactly what the guy had prayed for. They said they weren't going to doubt God again on anything like that. Yeah, it's amazing. What do we do? We come boldly in humility. We come continuously offering our prayers up. We come specifically. And the last one, and I'm just going to touch on it this morning because we'll see it next week, as we come believing. Believe that God answers prayers. You remember the book of Acts, and we'll get to it, but in the book of Acts, Peter got thrown into prison, and they were all meeting at, uh, G- at John Mark's mother's house, and they were all praying, and I'm sure they were praying for Peter to be released. They were praying specifically. They were praying boldly. And an angel came in the middle of the night, woke up Peter, chains fell off, everything. Door moved open by itself. They walked out right past the guards. Big outside door opened up, and they went out. He went out into the street, and they walked down the street, and the angel disappeared, and and Peter said, I'm, I'm assuming that God wanted me out of there. And so he did. And he went to the John Mark's mother's house. And they're all in there praying for Peter to be released. And he knocks on the door. And Rhoda, a servant, goes to the door. And Peter says, it's me. Open the door. And she screams and goes back in and says, Peter's out there. And they all went, no, he's not. No, no, maybe they probably killed him. They probably killed him. And she said, no, no, it's him out there. And they said, no, it's not. And they go out and open the door. And there's Peter. So were they believing? They got the answer, but sometimes we pray, oh, Lord, please do that, but we don't actually believe it's going to happen. Uh, and, and it's okay to say, Lord, if it be your will, because we want to pray according to the will of God. We'll talk about that. But Matthew twenty-one twenty-two says, ask believing. James chapter 1, verse 6 says, ask in faith, meaning I'm trusting you, Lord. Now, let me tell you, while you're offering up prayers, he's offering up the answers. And that may be yes, and it may be no. And it may be wait, but he's going to answer your prayers. Let me tell you, he answers prayers, but sometimes they're no. And when they're no, we go, well, that doesn't seem fair. And he says, look, I know what's best. So he answers prayers. So let's talk about Matthew 21, that's that. Oh, so let's come boldly to the throne of grace. Let's come and and let's bring our request, not in pride, but in humility, because it's his grace that tells us to come. Let's keep on praying. Let's pray on and on and on, even when we don't see the answer, even when the answer is not exactly what we think. Sometimes, sometimes you can see it's a clear no when you say, okay, I got it, I got it. Sometimes you can't tell. And so he says, keep on knocking, keep on seeking, keep on asking. And then let's make our prayers specific. Really get specific on the prayers. Uh, I'm going to show you something. I'm, I'm going to throw this out because you got, we got about a minute. If we were in a big group or a group of, say, 20 people, and we said prayer request, I'm not saying this in a bad way at all. I'm just wanting to tell you what, what happens. What other prayer requests? I've got an aunt who lives about four states away, and she's got a thing on the bottom of her foot. Would you all be praying that that thing on the bottom of her foot go away? We go, that's, that's wonderful. And then I've got uh, my cousin's uncle who works at a station. There's a guy at that station, and he's got a you know, place on his ear. And, and that, that's what we end up praying for all the time. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's wrong. But when you look, and we're going to see this in about three lessons, about two, two to three lessons from now, we're going to see what Paul prayed for. And it wasn't for somebody's ear to get healed. I'm I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying you can't pray for that. 
I'm saying, let's think about praying for each other what you see in Philippians and Ephesians and Colossians that Paul says, when I think of you, I pray the following. Okay, it's nothing wrong with praying specifically when you know, you know somebody's got a bad hand, let's pray for that. But why don't we also pray some of these other things? And we'll see it in a couple of lessons. I just wanted to throw that out, trying to give you a little heads up. So let's, let's make our prayers specific. The more specific we ask, the more specific the answer.